Welcome to Psyche Magic, a podcast about self-discovery and the subconscious, where we explore the symbolic language of dreams, tarot, and archetypes. I'm your host, Jordan Hale. I'm a psychotherapist based in Nashville, Tennessee. Each episode, I'll hold a casual conversation with various artists and healers about their shadow work practices. We pull tarot cards, unpack a significant dream or dream theme, and discuss their personal healing arts practices. So please grab a cup of something delicious and stay a while. While aspects of this podcast may feel therapeutic, it is never meant to take the place of therapy. Welcome back to Psyche Magic. I'm so excited for this episode. I'm going to be interviewing Ben Glover. Ben is an Irish musician and hypnotherapist. Now, this is the first time I'm broaching the world of hypnotherapy on the show. And I can assure you, Ben has made me a believer. So it's a fascinating subject. And I'm really excited to share it with you all. A couple of quick announcements before we get into the interview. The Saturday Salon is back. So I was away for um, a couple weeks in November, but we are back on schedule. So the Saturday Salon, which is our weekly collective creative time, is back in action on Saturdays at 11 a.m. Central Time on Zoom. So if you want to join us, you can come and listen to me cast a magic circle so that we can really protect protect and call up our creative energy, then we'll all break away and do a solo creative task for about 40 to 45 minutes. And then we'll come back and share how it went. And it's just such a special sacred time. So if you're interested, I hope that you'll join us. Additionally, I have started offering one-to-one dream coaching as a part of Psyche Magic. This is absolutely my newest passion. And these sessions are just really cozy. So you can choose 30 or 60 minutes, just depending on the type of dream, the sort of context or background that's needed in order to share about the dream, and whether you want to engage in some experiential exercise around the dream. So you get to choose your own adventure. But these are just intuitive coaching sessions where we talk about a dream or a dream theme. We unpack the dream and its symbols and we play around with some different dream work methods and ways of looking at the dream in a different light and gleaning some insight. We incorporate tarot and it's just a really magical fun time. So I hope that you'll sign up and check it out. The events tab has all of the information on our website, which is psychemagicpodcast.com. We had such a fun synchronicity with this episode. So Ben, as I mentioned, is from Ireland, Northern Ireland specifically. And my husband Daniel and I were lucky enough to actually get to take a vacation to Ireland in November. So Ben was kind enough to give us all kinds of lovely recommendations. And we had the best time. Ireland is incredibly magical. The people are just so 
exuberant and lovely and fun and funny. And not to mention, it's just such a sight of natural beauty. We got to go check out Giant's Causeway up in Northern Ireland, which was just incredible and majestic. And we just really connected with not only the people, but the land. So we're so grateful that we got to have that opportunity. And it was just really fun that it aligned around my lovely Irish guest for today. As many of you know from listening to the show, my husband and I have been through some loss um, this year, and this was just such a needed adventure and excursion and just really gave us a shot of life that we were desperate for. So the timing could not have been better. There's also something so poignant and powerful about the spirit of a place that's been through recent war, recent hardship. There's a really special sort of twinkle in the eye, um, a special sort of zeal to a group of people that know that peace is not something we can ever take for granted. And it really ties in with this idea I've been thinking about a lot lately, which is this sort of wounded healer archetype. As a Jungian enthusiast, this is one of Carl Jung's favorite archetypes. And it was something that he was just continually fascinated by throughout his lifetime. The sort of special, almost kind of superpower that comes out of the wound. And he it was even known for saying that the wound, whether it be, you know, physical, emotional, spiritual, the wound is the place where God enters. And I think that this really ties in with the philosophy of my guest today. Sadly, spiritual abuse is something that is found across all different types of religions and spiritual healing circles. And I really love lifting up those who are working in the healing arts who hold integrity and humility as their core values. So this is something we're going to be getting into um, in more depth on future episodes as well. It's a subject that's really deeply personal and important to me. Just in my work, it's so important to come back to that sort of decolonization idea that comes from not touting myself as the expert in the room, but instead really collaborating and learning from my clients and anyone that I'm working with in any capacity. And I can tell by my conversation with Ben that this is absolutely his stance and value as well. And it actually reminds me of one of my favorite quotes from Carl Jung. So I'm going to share that now. Quote, Instead of telling them guidance comes from God, we can show them that the psyche has awakened to spontaneous life by showing them when in dreams or fantasies, themes and symbols appear whose source in consciousness cannot be shown. This is the eternal interconnection of the collective unconscious making itself known, communicating, creating synchronicities, and helping us feel connected to something greater than ourselves. To the patient, it is nothing less than a revelation when, from the hidden depths of the psyche, something arises to confront him, something strange that is not the I, and is therefore beyond the reach of personal experience. He has gained access to the source of psychic life, and to this marks the beginning of the cure. And now, without further ado, onward to my interview with Ben Glover.
All right. Ben Glover, welcome to Psyche Magic. I'm so glad that you're here. Hi, Jordan. I am absolutely delighted to be here with you. So Thank happy you so to much. be here. I think it's going to be really nice. Even just in our little pre-chat, I was just feeling so energized and excited. So yay. Ben, just quickly to start us off, please share a little bit about who you are with the listeners and what you do in the world. Okay, well, I, as you might notice from the accent, and as your listeners might notice from the accent, I'm not from Nashville originally, although I am based here in Nashville now. Um, I come from a little village called Glenarm in the north of Ireland. It's about 30 miles north of Belfast. I grew up there and loved it. An incredible place to to grow up. Quintessential little Irish village right on the water, 400 people. Um, Very special. My my world was full of music, yeah. songwriting, recording, touring from the age of, gosh, I started writing songs yeah. when I was 13, went to college, I studied law, really? believe it or not, but I always knew I wanted to be a, a musician. So got the degree and then jumped, you know, headfirst into music and made records and made, made what, wow. 10 albums, did the whole thing, signed to a label in London, toured, uh, co-wrote, and mm-hmm. uh, that brought me to Nashville in 2007. When I got to Nashville, I, I was here for a week's co-write and they also happened to meet my would-be wife on that trip. Aww. So from that moment on, Nashville became such an important uh, place uh, in my life. Made the move here permanently in 2009, still full-time in music. Uh, and then uh, a mm-hmm. pandemic hit <laughs> in 2020, which changed the world for a lot of people and certainly changed my world. Touring shut down, I had to cancel three tours in Europe that year and you know like so many people the world changed it was like okay what now Uh, but in a way Jordan it was really fortuitous it opened up a brand new chapter in my life so I'm not grateful for the pandemic I'm grateful for the opportunity that the pandemic offered so in 2019 as it happened I'd started to study um, I was doing a two-year training course to become a meditation teacher so I'd already started to look at what might else be there for me to engage with as well as music. Still, of course, doing music, but I was trying to, you know, integrate some of my other interests into my life. And one of those was, was meditation and, um, and hypnosis. So I'd already started studying meditation. Pandemic happened. Second year of the meditation course. Mm-hmm. Threw myself right into it. Started putting the word out amongst friends in 2020. Look, if you're dealing with a lot of anxiety and stress, I might be able to teach you some very simple yes. calming exercises, relaxation exercises. And uh, all of a sudden, this little community of friends started to come to me on Zoom. And it was beautiful. I was able to share with my friends these practices that I had been using since mm-hmm. I was eight years old. And uh, I got my, my meditation qualification. I then did some formal hypnotherapy okay. uh, training and combined the two. So let me see. That was all. I finished. Basically, I finished my formal training in 2021. And since that, I've been full time um, <laughs> on Zoom uh, doing hypnotherapy with people, meditation with people. And that's how I spend my days now. And I absolutely love it. 
So that seems like a very long-winded <laughs> no, story there. Did, yes, did that answer the question? It's beautiful, yeah. and it just paints the picture for us about these different facets of who you are and what you're interested in and what's meaningful to you. And I think that a lot of people can relate to that just complete shakeup of the pandemic. And for a lot of people, I think that was an extremely transformative portal. So, yeah, I really appreciate right. you sharing it. And, yeah, I can't wait to sort of, you know parse out each of these pieces and talk more about them. But yes, mm -hmm. thank you. Definitely the first time having someone on the show who I, I would say just has this convergence of, you know, interests and specialties. That's what Psyche Magic is all about, which is this blending of the subconscious and that layer of awareness, blending it in more with our conscious lives and our creativity and the ways that can feel mm -hmm. so life-giving and enriching. So yes, it's mm -hmm. wonderful. I'm so glad that you're here with us and I can't wait to um, get into it. So yeah. Yay. Lovely. Excellent. <laughs> well, so, okay. To, you know, kind of set the stage, let's do our tarot pull because that's how we like to start mm. things off okay. here at Psyche Magic. Okay. Are Exciting. you, by the way, are you a tarot person at all, Finn? I I have certainly okay. had my cards read yeah. a number of times yeah. in the past. Exactly. But, like more yeah. uh, sort of on the receiving end, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I'm not right. a I'm not a reader, but uh, and I'm very open to and a believer yeah. in it all. Yeah. Yes. Well, and I, for me, a big part of what happened during the pandemic is that I went through my own sort of spiritual awakening, transformation. And what happened was I started just pulling a tarot card every day. And I started noticing just the very profound synchronicities that would happen over and over again. And it was so beautiful to just feel my, you know, sort of my external world and my internal world matching up so often and it just right. made me feel really connected and yeah. really interconnected so i like to bring it in to the show and uh, just see what comes Beautiful. out so i shuffled the cards already i sort of was you know setting that intention mm -hmm. of just connecting um with your energy with both of our energies and this is the card that i got mm -hmm. so i'll show it to you and i'll describe it to the listeners so this is the seven of pentacles and for the listeners who might not know, the card depicts a man and he's standing. He's got some kind of tool, like a hoe or a rake or something. And he's holding it. He's got his chin propped up and he's looking at this sort of very lush <laughs> kind of garden area that he has. So it looks like these vines that have grown up and there are seven pentacles kind of spilling off of the vines and he's just sort of gazing at them. So just first take, Ben, like when you look at this card, what do you, what mm -hmm. happens for you? What do you notice? What comes up? The first thing I noticed was the pensive, yeah. contemplative look on his face. And then, of course, I saw the tool, which initially I felt that it was a staff he was leaning on. But then I saw the, as you yeah. said, it was like the hole or the spade part at the bottom. And then, honestly, what came up was looking at the green uh, vegetation, yeah. if that's what it is. It was like, you know, if he's staring into this lush garden, what if he's staring into his own subconscious, you know, being yeah. pensively looking into the garden of his so subconscious? Much. Yeah, there is. I mean, 
For a lot of the, because we use the Rider Waite Smith deck, just kind of the most classic recognizable tarot deck. And in a lot of these depictions of the cards, I would say that the characters' sort of faces and expressions are often maybe the last thing that I'm paying attention to. Like they're not super, mm. I don't know, obvious. They don't have a ton of character a lot of the time. But this one does. Mm -hmm. There's something about his face and just the way that he looks that feels really important. So yeah, I like your kind of inclination of maybe this is a an inward sort of gaze. Like maybe this is a kind of like a moment of yes. contemplation. I feel that too. Yeah, and inward, yeah, there definitely in, is that inward um, look, but also is an interest in that he's looking yes. to look inward as well. And his the way he's holding his body is very, yes. he's, he's relaxed. There's not a lot of tension there, calm. Yeah. Grounded. Grounded. That's another word. Yeah, that comes and up. that makes sense yeah. because we're with the Pentacles suit, which in tarot is all about sort of the um, just sense of the material world, but it's really kind of root chakra stuff, like sense of safety, stability, security, rootedness, groundedness. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I really, whenever I pull this card, I always think about just like stopping to take stock of all of the fruits of our labor and like how much that we've accomplished. And I feel like so often it's like society is pushing us to just be moving forward and just looking at what's next, mm -hmm. like what now. And yeah. it's really nice to stop and just take a moment just of gratitude. Like, look how much there already is. Like, I already have everything that I need. I've already done so much and it's okay to appreciate that and rest. <laughs> Absolutely. Take the pause. Just take the pause, which we're not encouraged to do in this culture. You know, we're, it, as you say, it's always about what's the next thing? What's the next thing? We never take the time or the space to just pause and see what's around us, be grateful for what's around us. So I'm all for more pause yes. in our lives. It's essential because it's how can we know what's around us? when we are continually it's moving true. and moving. It's true. Perceptually, you can't perceive when you're in motion in the same way. It's just not, yeah. Right. A call for stillness, a call for gratitude, a call for pause. I love that. Very apt. <laughs> Feels very apt. That'd be a, a, nice, uh, a nice mantra for today. We will hold so, that yeah. for ourselves yeah. and for the listeners today. Um, okay, I'm going to keep my little Seven of Pentacle guy here so I can see him while we talk. <laughs> in case, Let him inspire yes, in the chat. Messages. All right, so let's transition. Let's talk about your dream that you brought, Ben, because it's a juicy one and I'm excited to get into it. Yeah. I will yeah. just give you the platform to give a little synopsis of the dream. This is a really, I love this dream, Ben, because it gets into a little bit of the like lucid, lucidity kind of quality that dreams can have. And I think that's right. so fun. And I don't always get to touch on that on the podcast. So I'm excited. So please share with us um, a little bit about your dream and then we'll kind of unpack it. Okay. So... It happened on the 1st of October this year. Good. I've been keeping yeah. a dream journal. And uh, the first dream I was, it filled the, like the space of my old school back home. And I went to school, it used to be an old castle. 
sounds pretty ridiculous, but it was an old castle built in like the 18th century on the top of a cliff overlooking the water. I was on one of the, the, the top of the towers on the roof of the school and I had individuals who I went to school with. And then I woke up. There was nothing incredible about that part of the dream, but then I woke up and for some reason I thought, consciously put yourself in this dream. Now, I don't know an awful lot about lucid dreaming. I, I've, I've never really studied it. I don't know if that is an element of lucid dreaming, but I went, okay, consciously, you're gonna put yourself in this dream. So I closed my eyes again, and the next minute I was in this completely different space. It felt like a dry, mountainous area. Not very pretty, dusty, uh, but uh, it felt quite raw. And there was, and, and, and this might come across as sounding so dramatic, but there was, there was a, a sense of a voice. When I say a voice, it wasn't like an external voice. It was just a voice okay. of knowing. You know, when, when you get an insight, Absolutely. it's that internal voice. Yes. And the voice just said, and I've written all this down because I, I did write it down that yeah. night as soon as I woke up. So, and what it said was, it's time to trust the voices and to trust wow. your dreams. And I also wrote down, just writing that made me emotional and teary when, when I wrote that down. And I didn't fully understand it. So I also felt in a place where I could ask questions. Yeah. It was pretty incredible. So I asked the question and I said, well, what exactly does this mean? And it says it's time mm -hmm. you trusted your own intuition. You have to stop playing so small. And... Uh, I then asked, well, who is telling me this? And the letter S kept coming up, S, S. And what felt like a few moments later, it said, this is supreme state. Now, I don't know exactly what that meant at the time, but it said, this is supreme state. And let me see what else it went on to say uh, that it was basically, it was a dream which I felt that I was being told you gotta be more believing okay. in what you're doing you can't play small you can't play small because we all have access to this supreme state and in the supreme state there is no limitation and i asked well how do i access it and and you know when i wake up how do i access it they said you already have the tools you already know how and they said you have the rapid induction now, what rapid induction is, is a fairly oh. quick form of hypnosis where you can count from five to one and you bring yourself into a deep hypnotic state. And that's what it said. It said, use your rapid induction tool. And the other thing that was going on around that time, Jordan, for me was I kind of felt I was wanting a teacher or a guide to show up for me. I just, you know, I don't know if people have that experience, but it'd be nice just to have somebody on the path to help maybe direct you and so in the dream i asked can a guide show up for me can can i see a teacher and the answer was no you're yeah. not getting a guide you're not getting a guide you have to trust your own intuition and the way it was said it was as if that voice was smiling at me you know it wasn't yeah. being uh, it, it wasn't being dismissive but it just says nope you're not getting a guide, you, you're your own guide. Now, who knows, maybe that was my guide <laughs> telling me that. So maybe. there is, but that's what the, and at the time I felt quite Just angry. Frustrated. I did feel yeah. quite frustrated. 
it was because when I want a guide, if Come I'm helping on. guiding other Where's people, I want my guide. <laughs> exactly. And then after the initial kind of frustration, I went, okay, okay, I get it. Uh, and then the other aspect of the dream, the thing I wrote down was they said, look, this is not going to be particularly easy for you, but you just have to trust your intuition. You have to trust your intuition. Just looking down at a few other things, uh, Supreme State kept coming up. The final message of that dream was to look after your human mm -hmm. dimension, your human body as well. And that it was very important. You're here in human form, so okay. you've got to look after your human body. So that was the dream, wow. Jordan. It, it, I'd, I, you know, it, it was the first time I ever felt that I was able to be consciously exactly. engaged with the dream. Yes, an um, element of lucidity. That, that was a huge shift. Yes, absolutely. And it happened in a very short time because I probably all happened within the space of 45 minutes because I did wake up yes. and I wrote it all down. And it was pretty much stream of consciousness. And it, it was incredible. I mean, it's still staying with me. I still can get back to that space, to that kind of arid mountain supreme space. I still can get back there. Now, here's the other thing. It felt so normal and ordinary. It didn't feel like this was some big moment of enlightenment or some big, you know, uh, special you. experience. It felt so yep. normal, mm -hmm. so ordinary. And even when I woke up, I'd, I'd like, I had the urge to go, oh, my God, to tell everybody, oh, my God, I had this incredible dream. I was like, that was really interesting, but I don't, but that's what it was, just really interesting, really ordinary, but really interesting. And also, it did, the information it imparted for me felt very apt, very real and meaningful yes. and helpful. That, I, okay. <laughs> I want to say like five different things at once. So I got to like reel it in. I can relate so much to this idea that when there is, you know, this is something that like Carl Jung would have called like a big dream, right? Special moment that feels really important. And also I feel like those messages often are the most just simple. And there's almost like this recognition of like, this feels so profound. And yet I recognize that I already know this. <laughs> like, I feel like it speaks yeah, to yep. that sense of yep. sort of normalcy that you cited where it's like, this is so powerful and profound and it, it's opening up my world. And also, like, of course, this is what it is. Yeah. In some ways, I already recognize that and understand that. And yet a part of me maybe needed to hear it. A part of me maybe needed to experience it in this way in order to really, like you're saying, to be directed towards like really committing and really believing and really feeling like with every aspect of my being yes. that I can trust this, this is real. Yes, absolutely. And you know the interesting thing, the information that I got from that, like basically yeah. it was like trust, trust yourself, okay? So it probably was being inspired by some just lack of maybe sure. confidence as um, we all experience. But interestingly, if somebody had, in working life, if somebody had said to me, if say, for instance, if you said to me, Jordan, that day, you got to trust in what you're doing, trust the voices, trust your intuition. I would have taken it on board, absolutely. But there was something about hearing it in the dream that... I guess because it's happening in dream state, because it's happening in subconscious, that it seems to be yes. wiring in deeper. The impact of it seems to be a lot more, well, just, yeah, it feels yes. a bit threads in deeper. That makes so much sense to me. 
I've experienced my own versions of that. Absolutely. And yeah, to me though, I really do think that is part of the gift of these kind of glimpses of lucidity that can happen is that like my conscious awareness gets to meet my subconscious, like in these really beautiful Mm. moments, these little Mm -hmm. glimpses. And even if it doesn't happen very often, or even if it just happens once or twice, it's extremely powerful. Okay. But so I'm really curious about sort of the idea of like the mountainous The landscape of the dream feels really interesting Mm. to me. Like the fact that, I mean, because you talk about growing up in Ireland and there's water and there's lush and it's just the dream presented a very different type of landscape than that from which you come from. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if there's any association or idea that you have about why the dream might have presented itself that way to you. I'm just curious. I'm just curious. Yeah. I've, I've thought about it because I still, like if I talking to you right now, I remember very clearly yeah. the landscape. It was, it was said it was very dry. There was like a little stream, but the stream was dry as well. Interesting. I mean, it was not, it was dusty. It wasn't yeah. beautiful at all. There was one like big, like kind of stony mountain. There was nobody, mm. there was no green. There was nobody else there. Um, I don't know. I don't know why that was the landscape for it. Um, I really don't know. And I said, that's what they said, supreme state. And you know what? I haven't actually thought about the meaning of the landscape, which is very interesting yeah. that you brought that up. Maybe there was nothing there to That's take my attention away from what the messages or what the conversation was. You know, you have nothing distracting there. Very sparse. Again, very, not picturesque, very ordinary. Uh, you know, if it would have been in this beautiful, lush, <laughs> paradise-like yeah. scene, uh, you know, that might have fallen into, uh, might have made more sense, know, but this was the opposite. So I wonder if that's it. There was no other distraction. It was just, you know, in this very ordinary, rugged place, you find some of the most profound insights okay. and intuitions. Uh-huh. Maybe there's, there's something, there. you know... Yeah, we don't have to go. We don't have to, our environment doesn't have to be absolutely yeah. beautiful and perfect for us to really get the message or the insight. I could, know could be that. Yes, because part sure, of the message is that know? like you have this within you. Like you don't have to get it from anywhere else. Like you have the sort of life force, the ability to thrive, to intuit, to know, and it can just come from within. Yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's like sticking with me already. Like, I love your dream. <laughs> it's so clear. And there was a lot of space in it. Yeah. There was a lot of spaciousness. So that makes, that yeah. element makes sense. So, so cool. Yeah. Ooh. Fascinating. I just love that. Yeah. I've only had a handful of really lucid experiences where I knew I was dreaming and I was just gallivanting around the universe. <laughs> like. I had one where I was like mm-hmm. swimming with dolphins and then I was like flying and I was like, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so it's uh, that dream state's subconscious world. That's where the real adventures that's are That's what I'm had. saying. <laughs> so like, why wouldn't I want to pay attention yeah. to this? I get to do the coolest stuff. There you go. And it's <laughs> a lot cheaper. You don't have to go and buy a plane <laughs> ticket. Seriously. <laughs> oh, but I just love that, Ben. And I love that you were like, it just sounds like it was so emotional for you too, like to be able to, oh, 
It, it was, absolutely. Because when I wrote it down, and I'm looking at the page, yeah. I printed it out, and it's like it's the, the two pages of type, and I wrote down, you know, writing this line has made me emotional and teary. Uh, this line has, has made me emotional and teary. And and, I, and as I say, it happened at very short. It was about 45 minutes. It was around yeah. 12.30, midnight, till about, till about 1.15, yeah. 1.30. Very wow. powerful. Okay, now, one aspect of the dream that I'm interested in and that will kind of segue us into a little bit more of your work is that you said that part of it was they were giving you this specific instruction around this meditation technique or this uh, hypnosis technique that you already have. I already forgot the name of it, but tell us more about that. Uh, It's called rapid induction. So which rapid hypnosis, really Mm -hmm. rapid relaxation. Very simple. And I teach it to a lot of my clients, usually in the first session. How we do this is so after the initial 10, 12 minutes of relaxation in the hypnosis, I'll ask the client on a scale of zero to 30, that's the relaxation scale, how, what number you yeah. are on that scale. 30 being most relaxed, zero but not relaxed. And within seconds, people will give me their number. And most of the time it ranges from, let's say, 18 to okay. 27, 28. Okay. And then I say, okay, from that moment on, anytime you choose, you're not, you're now familiar with what that number on the scale is. Anytime you choose to bring yourself to that number on the scale, close your eyes, set the intention. I'm dropping to number, say 24 and count from five to one. And when you get to one, you will effortlessly land on that number. So it's a really powerful, practical tool to have, Jordan, because it's, you know, for when I'm working with a client and say session two, we don't have to go through the 10 minute of relaxation. I can just go, right, we're going to use the the scale here. So we're going to get to that deep state very quickly. Also, the scale is flexible. Okay, so the more you get familiar with it, say you're hitting 24 first time around, you want to bring yourself up to 20 or 29. You can. It's just a bit more practice. Also, it works the other way. If you want to bring yourself, say you're going into a meeting or, or a conversation mm-hmm. that you're feeling a bit anxious or stressed, you want to bring yourself to maybe an eight or a 10 on the scale. So you're going to be right. fully conscious when you want to engage with people, but you're already setting the intention, I'm going in here, I'm right. controlling my anxiety, I'm going in on a number 10. So it, it is this, it's a really uh, brilliant tool. And it's called rapid induction. And that's what the voice said in the dream. It says, look, be in that state. The only work you have to do, that was the other key. Sorry, I forgot to mention that. The other key element of the dream was the only work you have to do is just to be in that state as often as you can. Okay, that state being state of of deep awareness, I guess. I don't want to say subconscious, but that deep state of awareness. So they said, that's how you do it. Use the tool. And the tool really basically is a relaxation tool. It's pretty lovely that they're saying that relaxation is the key. Not meditation, not even hypnosis, but just relaxation. And which makes sense because relaxation gets us back into ourselves. Relaxation brings us into the subconscious as well. It's this like natural state. Exactly. And it feels safe. It feels safe. When you're relaxed, you feel safe. You feel back yeah. within yourself. You know, if you're relaxed, you're, you're not connected. six feet away from your body. You're connected. Yeah. So it, uh, and regarding hypnosis, how do we access the subconscious? Right. It's through relaxation. We relax the physical body, 
the conscious mind follows. And when the conscious mind starts to relax, we effortlessly drift into the subconscious. Yes, you keep using that word effortlessly. Like this is natural. Right. This is normal. That's the case. This is my natural state of being. I can access this whenever I need to, want to. It's available to me. Exactly. It reminds me of the mm-hmm. idea of yeah. that's been studied so much in, you know, our sciencey psychology world, which is the idea of flow state and how at, when humans are in a okay, flow state, yeah. we are calm, present, relaxed, creative. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it <laughs> is. It's, it's, it's the same at this point. Exactly. And then there's the point now when language kind of can sure. get in the way of it as well, because you're right, flow state is the same it's the same feeling there uh another term i like to use is unimpeded energy and where there is no block that's effortless it is flow state and in flow state of course i was always intrigued with flow state long before i did hypnosis work because of music i was always intrigued as a performer uh, especially how does one get into that flow state so it was always very intriguing to me how to access it. Makes sense. That was a, a really important sort of like tool in the toolkit for being a musician, performing, being on stage, get, like doing that day after day. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Sense. On that note, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Do you need even more Psyche Magic in your life? If so, you are cordially invited to join us on Patreon. There we release two bonus minisodes every month with guided exercises to help you strengthen your shadow work practices and work more deeply with the dreams, tarot, and archetypes that make up your psychic landscape. You'll also get free access to our weekly Saturday Salon events. Every Saturday at 11 a.m. Central Time, we get together via Zoom to create shared sacred space for our individual creative practices. You'll also find detailed show notes for each and every full-length episode, and you'll be able to submit dreams and questions for interpretation on our new segment, Dear Dream Diary. There's just so much fun to be had. Memberships start at just $3 a month. That's patreon.com backslash psychemagic. Hope to see you there. And seeing that the great performers are the ones who have this amazing presence about them. You know, the great performers can stand on a stage and they don't have to do anything but they just have this sense of presence. Presence means just being there. How do you cultivate presence? You're in flow state. You're right there. So I guess that was part of the allure, like how how does one cultivate presence? And, you know, it's pretty obvious. You've got to be present. (laughs) Exactly. To cultivate presence. (laughs) You know, so... uh, that's and in that state that's where presence is found as well yes okay let's talk about 
just hypnosis in general a little bit more I, for people who are unfamiliar with hypnosis and just I, maybe even just understanding what would bring someone to you to do some hypnosis? What are they looking for? What is the goal? What can be sort of addressed via hypnosis? Tell us about that. Okay. So a huge sure, range of, sure. of issues, Jordan. Um, you know, I've, I've people come to me for yeah. anxiety. Okay. Sometimes people just feel stuck. And I have a lot of clients coming to the session going, I'm not really sure why I'm here, but I just feel yeah. stuck and I don't know what the next step is. So by diving into the subconscious, we're probably going to, to sure. figure out what that block is. Usually it's a fear. Then there's the obvious elements like habit control, smoking. I get a lot really? of clients come to me for smoking. I do an awful lot of inner child okay. work. That makes in, sense. With hypnosis as well. I work with a lot of actors, really? screenwriters, directors in Hollywood and LA. Most of really? my clients is in LA. So I get to work with some incredibly creative people. Um, and a lot of them are writers who feel I creative see. blocks uh, a lot of the time. Okay. Burnout is mm-hmm. another thing we can work with. Um, with actors, it's the same thing as well. A huge range of issues, Jordan. Um, but there's one thing that, yeah. that connects them all is the all I have to do is help the client identify the okay, fear. Okay, that makes sense. Okay. There's always a fear behind any behavior yes. that you're wanting to change. Okay. It doesn't matter if it's smoking. People think that smoking... Um, is working with the you know the chemical addiction which, which it is but where i've seen most success is when we identify the fear behind wow. giving up cigarettes which usually is clients are scared they're going to lose a part of their identity they're going to lose the part of them that smokes the part of them that has been there for years and years like what through that their hardest represents times. to them yes exactly so there's that there's the fear it's the same with uh, you know anxiety what's the fear there's a subconscious so the beautiful thing is with this work is we get to explore the fear in the subconscious directly going there yes directly going there to the place the subconscious which is that you know i like to call it the library building okay library stores books okay yeah it's it's a perfect well it's a really good analogy library building stores books subconscious stores all our experiences since the moment we were born. So it stores the reasons why we do everything we do. Okay. Now, like a library building, if we want to go in and take out a book, the library building itself is completely impartial. It doesn't care if a book is removed or not. It's the same with the subconscious. It doesn't care if we had to go in and maybe bring out an old belief that's no longer serving us. And it's on our side. It wants us to be the absolute healthiest, best version of ourselves. So, Basically, I go to work in the library of the subconscious sure. every day. And and it's beautiful to, to work with people in that space is, I can't imagine a more, uh, like the, the, yeah. the privilege I have to yeah. work with people in that space. It yes. is incredible. It's incredible. Humbling. It is because people, you know, they're, uh, they're so, I don't want to use the word vulnerable. They're so open at that point. Absolutely. And... Uh, so a lot of my work, Jordan, is like there's this conversational hyp- hypnosis. So in the hypnosis, I'll, we'll have a conversation uh, for me to help guide them okay. to their own answers. They're doing the guiding. Oh, and okay. look at I that, don't know their based answers. on your dream, they always, right? Like parallel process. There you go. Exactly, exactly. 
and uh, the poetry oh that God. comes out of people in that state is so that. beautiful. And this is from people who would, who, you know, who would not ever in, the, in their wildest wow. dreams call themselves a poet. But the language that people use to describe their subconscious is absolutely beautiful. And I love language as a, as a writer. I love language. And I keep a little book I have about here beside me that I write down after every session, just one or two lines so that somebody lovely. said, because the beauty of the language yeah. is incredible. I use a lot of metaphor okay. hypnosis. Yeah. So I'll give you an example of that. So say we're working with anxiety. So client comes to have a lot of anxiety. So we do the relaxation. Then I'll get them to feel mm -hmm. anxiety in their body. Exactly. Yes. Okay. And uh, so it becomes a somatic experience. But at the same time, subconscious and somatic. So we get, I get them to identify it and then I get them to feel it. And then I get them to put their hand into sure. that part of their body and lift something out. Yeah. And in their hand, I ask them, what is in your hand? And here's the beautiful thing, Jordan. Every time, within seconds, they will describe yeah. an object that they have taken out yep. of their body. And those objects range from, I mean, I've written, so for instance, I've last week I had a client who, who brought a, an eel out of their stomach. Wow. I've other thing people have brought out, a lot of the time, this probably is obvious, like black, dark, gooey substance yeah. from their chest. Spiders come Ooh. up an awful lot. People bring a lot of spiders out of their body. Everything. It's incredible. And that's the moment where those clients, if I'd said to them 15 minutes earlier, you're <laughs> going to lift a spider out of your chest. You are crazy. What are you talking about? <laughs> you sound crazy. You've already got this weird accent. Now you're just sounding even more weird. We love your um, accent, Ben. Uh, Don't do that. <laughs> well, that's you so know, funny. but it's incredible. And I mean, we're not talking hours and hours. That's usually after wow. about 13 minutes. People are in that deep state. And then, so the beautiful thing about working with metaphor is then we get to work with the object. Yes. Okay. So rather than say the anxiety we're itself. So somebody that's it. a spider, for example, externalizing it. Yeah. Or let me go back to the eel. I said to the guy, well, what do you want to do with the eel? He said, mm -hmm. well, it's covered in grime and dirt. And he said, I've got two choices. He says, I can crush it in my hand or I can put it into a clean okay. water aquarium. And thankfully, he went for the latter. We were <laughs> he, pulling for that, the, the humane aquarium. option. We were pulling for that. Yeah, exactly. I didn't want to have the clean, <laughs> help him clean up the mess that would have happened. Uh, this, I've been subconscious uh, with a subconscious yes. broom and mop and uh, detergent. But so he put it into the tank, which... Basically, I mean, he was um, nurturing, exactly. nourishing, which was a fear. And then getting to bring their awareness back into that place in the body. And usually it's a, there's a change. There's an openness. There's a space. There's a relaxation. And then they also then have this image, this symbol, because the language it's of the simple. subconscious is symbolism, as we know. OK, so they then have their symbol associated right. with that issue. So as a practical level, if that, say, the anxiety maybe come, they feel it bubbling a couple of days in the future, I say, okay, just imagine the eel. Mm -hmm. Just imagine the eel. Because within seconds, your subconscious is knowing, oh, okay, we're working with That's right. anxiety again. So on a practical level, this isn't just some awesome cosmic subconscious adventure. It's like, how do we make That's this right. practical in our everyday life? How do I relate life? to this so symbol differently? They then, 
Yes, exactly. So it's a resource that they have. And it's so fascinating. I don't even know what your original question was. I feel I rambled a lot there. But <laughs> I just wanted to learn more uh, about what you do. And so, that was just that's so fascinating. So the first 10 minutes of the session, I'll spend a long time talking with the okay. client, maybe 40, yeah. 50 minutes, okay, on, sure. on what it is they're wanting to work with. And then we'll jump yeah. in. So it's all on Zoom. They're yep. at home. They're in a comfortable space. They'll close their eyes. I'll guide them on a 10-minute relaxation. Very straightforward. Just, you know, relaxing sure. muscles in the body. We'll do a little bit of visualization as a deepening technique just to help them relax. And then that's about 12, 13 minutes. And then from that point, we'll do the work on the specific issue. Now, it's not always metaphor. Okay. I'm just using that as an example. Okay. It's not always metaphor. I honestly never really know yeah. what it's going to be until we jump in Makes there. Sense. And I love that about it because mm -hmm. it's creative. I haven't a clue. I, you know, I really don't. I never go in fully knowing sure, what I'm going to do in a moment to moment, and, uh, unfolding. Exactly. And I only have a small part to play in it. It's the subconscious. It's like, it's the client's subconscious that knows exactly know. what it beautiful? needs to do. I'm just there. Well, it, it is. And it's so true. You know, I, I'm That's just right. a facilitator. I have a couple of tools. It's like I'm the That's tour right. guide. I can tell you what might be a nice place to go and visit in the subconscious sure. and how to get there. But after that, you're the tourist. Now, the other beautiful thing, deep relaxation and hypnosis resets your nervous system. So that's what I tell clients is, look, if you only get that out of this session. Good point. Amazing. <laughs> amazing. You know, we can, so it's we kind yes. of overlook that deep relaxation well, is so and it helps medicinal. To not have these sort of grandiose expectations and pressures, which I'm sure can impede the process, right? Like it creates tension. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. So the that's why mm -hmm. the relaxation, that becomes a gateway. And as I say, as I tell clients, if, if you just walk away here, and I record all oh, the actual practices nice. for clients so as they, they get to, yes. to use them so they have their own specified nice. practice hypnosis that they get to listen to. So again, you know, if we're resetting our nervous system via a practice every day, that's going to help every single right. part of our body and mind. So that's why I love hypnosis, hypnotherapy, is because it has, it combines, integrates all these, yes, all these elements. Wow! So very well, I know. I have never experienced hypnosis, not in the way that you're describing it, and I would love to. So I will have to uh, inquire about that with you. But well, you know, the good thing is, Jordan. I think I can point you in the direction so of somebody that you might be good, able to do I have a good feeling with. about that. I, I, think I, I think I know. I think I know a guy. I I know a guy. Um, yes, I would love <laughs> to experience this. I. You know, from my own limited experience, I can say that it reminds me of work that I've done in therapy with clients when we're doing a style of therapy called EMDR, which you might right. be familiar yes. with. Yes. yes. Mm -hmm. Eye movement, desensitization and reprocessing. And I would say that this creates the bilateral stimulation of EMDR creates sort of a lightly hypnosis state right. that allows clients yes. to really go into their subconscious material. And yes. it's so powerful for processing trauma, blocks, things that have been with people yes. for so long. And even just your image of like pulling out the eel, I've seen so many times like that moment of transition when I'm removing this block from my body in some way. Right. And it's amazing. And I've experienced that in dreams as well, by the way. Like I've literally had right. a dream where I removed this black stone like out of my body and like buried it. It is mm -hmm. interesting even just as you're describing like the different types of symbols that kind of like recur for people too around this. It's 
Yes, absolutely. And the black stone comes up a lot as really? well. Really? You know, yes, that's another, I wouldn't say common, but yeah. one that I hear a lot of. So and as you say, for trauma work to hypnotherapy is, yes. is, can be very helpful because, you know, part of trauma, we feel part of our brain feels like it's stuck yes. in that traumatic experience. So with hypnosis, another technique is regression. So we can go back to that time. I'm not a huge believer in bringing the client back to the sure. actual moment of, sure. of trauma itself. What I do is I bring them back to a time around then where you get to reconnect yep. with that part, yep. but in a safe environment. So maybe bring them to, say it happened in childhood, I'll bring them yeah. to their bedroom or I'll bring them to their garden. Never really to the, usually, probably 99% of the time, yeah. never to the point of trauma itself. And then the beautiful thing is then you get to bring, and probably the key element is you get to bring that part of you, yeah. say for that child, right into That's the right. present day. So they start to, so the, 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 the child is right with them in the room. And that's always oh, a beautiful imagine. moment too, because they report that the child is so excited to be so with this adult version of themselves. And they're so excited to see this adult who's turned out to be really yes. cool, really interesting. They have this life and that little child then gets so excited and uh, feels safe. And that's also Absolutely. a beautiful moment to see There's so many... Well parallels in what I hear you describing with just all of these different sort of ancient kinds of traditions around like, you know, what could even be described as sort of like shamanism. Like I'm thinking of the practice of like soul retrieval, mm -hmm. right? Like these things just all mm -hmm. blend. And I'm wondering now if you can tell us a little bit about the roots of some of this for you. So you said that you've been practicing this since you were a small child. And I'm curious how you learned some of this, if there are any sort of ancestral or cultural ties. So just tell us mm -hmm. about that. I was taught self-hypnosis by my father when I was eight years old. My father was the, the GP. He okay. was the local doctor in the area. And uh, he studied hypnotherapy, which was actually quite advanced for that time. It was 1980s, right. rural Ireland. There was not a lot of right. hypnosis, wasn't a thing. So he went to train in order to help his patients uh, for smoking, for weight control. And I always remember the day he came back from his training. I always remember this. I was eight years old. And he taught me that night how to do self-relaxation, yeah. yeah. basically self-hypnosis. And I always remember the place I went to, it was okay. a, a beach uh, where I was spent my childhood holidays. And it's still the place I go back to mm. in my own self-hypnosis right now. So when I was eight years old, I, I learned the tool. I knew how to do it. I continued to use it throughout you know, my teens. That was the moment when I started to sure. call it something, but I probably was doing elements of like meditation before that. Exactly. I just never called it meditation, uh, which a lot of people, I think that's probably the same case if for an awful lot of people. it's natural state, then as children, um, we just do it. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that, that is the truth. That is the truth. So I always had an interest in it. And I and then I started formally meditating around the age of about yeah. 18 or 19. Uh, so have uh, had a on and off practice okay. for probably 10 years. And then was about 30, I really dug in and it, I was, a, you know, I still am yeah. a daily meditator. So 
it has always been a part of my life. I've, I've, you know, it's always felt like an integrated part of my life. It's not something that I feel like I step into a different persona when I do it. And I also feel with the music, as I, as I told you before, I started writing songs when I was 13, started performing then. And I think that, I think it was all part of the same yeah. work. I think that I was, when I wrote songs, and I only, I guess, only realized this in the last, since I started formally doing hypnotherapy with clients is that I think I always just wanted to help people feel, have some experience, sure, some sure. internal experience. And for a long time, I thought it was songs that I could yeah. do that with people via that medium, which it did. And I think that was my draw to be able to, to work with somebody either by a song or a performance and now hypnotherapy, work with them in, a, I guess, in an intimate way where they can get quiet and still and have some internal experience. I think for me, that has always been what I've been drawn to. And now I can do it, I guess, in a more Absolutely. formal way. More of a teacher role, even a guide. Yeah, I, the word teacher, I always, yeah, this, this, it's funny the word teacher, it always assumes that you know sure. something more. Sure. And I don't know if I do. I just, yeah. a guide feels better. I, I, I have some mean. tools that I can facilitate. Help facilitator yeah yeah and it's funny that word teacher it's probably i guess it's work i have to do myself why am i uncomfortable using the word teacher it's just because my belief is and this is coming just from from experience is that everybody knows yes. their own truth everybody has their own answers it's just a matter yep. of getting quiet and we still need guided to get there we still need guidance God, to get there. i know because but, it's um, Tell me what you think about this. The way I see that is that it's almost like this permission, like just like giving ourselves permission to like go inward and like take these things seriously. Right. And sometimes we need like a witness. <laughs> we need someone to like be with us right. in that. Yes, absolutely. I love that. The word witness. That's what we're bearing witness to other people's inner processing and their own questioning and then their own insights and w their own wisdom. Yeah. So the main work really is just getting still and quiet. And once you get still and quiet and then decide on whatever, I guess, whatever vehicle you, be it, you know, therapy, traditional therapy, be it hypnosis, be it meditation, whatever it might be. But there's one thing they all have in common is you got to stop. Yes. You got to pause. Like we were talking yes. about at the very start of the, the interview, our work is you, you got to just, okay, just stop and decide and commit to doing the work, getting quiet. And that's the battle after that. I'm not saying <laughs> no. it's easy, yeah, but, I, but after that, right. something happens. Something happens. So really the work is and the discipline is is, is getting the, the stillness and the quiet. And that's why meditation, daily meditation is wonderful because it's a practice exactly. of getting still and quiet. Yes. And then that can make way for this sort of remembering that you're talking about of like, oh, this is who I really am. Like this is. Yep. Exactly. And then the more we get familiar with that place, the more we are able mm -hmm. to be in that place. You know, it's like what we pay attention to, it shows up. What we see is what we see. So if we start to be more familiar with this, and the state is, it's a sense of calm, it's a sense of grounding, sure. steadiness. People report a sense of oneness. That makes sense. But it's very internal. And we all, 
I have not had one. I, I don't know how many people I've worked with in the last number of years. Over, over I don't know, maybe, I don't even know, yeah, over 250 people. And they have, not one of those people, Jordan, have not been able to experience exactly even glimpses. Exactly. Even just for moments of time, this sense of calm, inner steadiness, peace. And a lot of them are very surprised that, that it's there. That makes so much sense. But, like, um, I, I've heard so many people feel yeah. like maybe that's just not available to me, right? Like, maybe that's just not something I can do. And like you're saying, even a glimpse is that reminder, that possibility of this is here. This is your birthright. There you go. Yeah. Possibility. That's a wonderful word. Possibility. That's a huge thing as well. Sometimes if, if a person, if all they get is a sense of possibility in the work, that's it. That might be enough. It's an opening. It's an opening. Yeah. Possibility. It might, it, that might be enough. Oh, I love it so much. Oh my God. Ben, this is so cool. I can't wait to get hypnotized by you. <laughs> it's, you know what? It's, I'm ready. We should do it live. <laughs> oh God. <We> <laughs> um, uh, I don't know if I'm that brave. Uh, no, it is a wonderful, uh, no, that, that would be, that would be pretty brave. That would be pretty brave. But it's, and, and you know, the, the other thing I, I'm trying, I would love to demystify yeah. hypnosis because it's such a loaded word. A lot of people see, you know, I stage know. hypnotherapy where the hypnotherapist is uh, seems to be in control of other people's actions and this uh, yeah this is not that this is not that work at all this is so far from that the beautiful thing is you're in control every step of the way of the practice okay i'm not in control you're the one who's control in control i just give you a set of instructions that you either choose to follow or or not i'm always trying to you know, every most clients will walk away from the session with a completely different yeah. perspective of what hypnosis is. Mm-hmm. Completely different perspective, and it's a. But it is such a loaded word. It is such a loaded word. I, I like to call it like subconscious work. That feels, you know, relaxed subconscious work is probably that's what it feels yes. like. Relaxed subconscious work. Exactly the most sort of just basic way to understand to describe i know no you're right the the language of even just the term hypnosis can be so tricky yeah i'm glad you pointed that out i hadn't thought to ask you about that but that's really important it is really important as i say just because of the perception of stage hypnosis i think it can it it can and influence but i say this is a million miles i don't fully understand stage hypnosis (laughs) i'm not saying (laughs) anything else about I certainly cannot stand on a stage and get somebody to no, dance like no a thanks. chicken but again that's a whole world that I have no experience in and my desire is to it's a much more personal intimate one-on-one yeah, experience exactly. with people yeah well now so. that reminds me so your offerings are one-to-one right hypnosis sessions mm-hmm. and then you also have classes mm-hmm. is that right so I do, yeah, all the sessions yeah. happen on Zoom and they're all one-on-one. And then the classes, I, I do offer a couple, I also teach meditation and I have a couple of, of, of group classes that, that I offer. Um, I used to do a lot more meditation work, but now it's just pretty okay. much hypnosis yeah. all, most of the time. So, but uh, so mo- mostly yeah, it's just one-on-one. Great. So it's, and the beautiful thing about Zoom is that I've just noticed I've used that word 
beautiful thing an awful lot in this in this interview today um i need to get a thesaurus out <laughs> i do the same thing word. i go through phases uh, where i'm just on one phrase and i just can't stop the beautiful right. thing is such a nice thing you just cannot stop we don't mind it is i just may have to hypnotize myself <laughs> to use a different phrase um with 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 zoom the opportunity is i get to work with people it doesn't matter where they are so if clients say here in nashville of clients on the west coast East Coast, even back home in Ireland and in the UK, um, the only, the only troublesome part is working oh, out a time know, zone. But uh, you know, so and again, you know, talking about the pandemic, not to be grateful for the pandemic, but grateful for some of the opportunities that it created. Absolutely. Zoom came out of it, and um, for me, it it, it allows it, it facilitates. That's right. This work accessibility. Mm-hmm. I know, I I completely agree. I hope that therapy becomes more Zoom friendly. Right now, it's still we're still bound by like state to state laws, which is frustrating. Right. But hopefully, we're moving right. in a different direction. Yeah. Anyways, that's a subject for another day. Mm-hmm. Okay, Ben, we're coming to the end of our time. I am so 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 grateful for your just graciousness and lovely energy. Like I've just so enjoyed just being with you, spending time with you. Um, and just learning so much. So thank you. Well, thank you, Jordan. Uh, yes. I, in order to make sure that we're covering all of our bases, I would love it if you would just give the listeners um, just a little synopsis of like how they can engage with your work and sort of get, follow along, find you, follow with whatever mm-hmm. whatever it is that you're going to be offering. So it's pretty straightforward. I have a, yeah. I have a website and uh, the only thing the website really offers is a way to contact me um so it's it's um be still aware awake.com uh bit of a mouthful but it's uh so be still aware awake.com if you go there you can email me and uh all of my work it's all word of mouth so i don't i don't um nice uh, you know i don't promote it anywhere really i'm I'm very grateful that it has just been word of mouth to date um so it's it's very simple there's just really one thing i can offer and that's the that's the website um so if anybody yeah and i would love if anybody's listening they want to you know try a session or work on something particular i would absolutely uh, love to hear from you yes we'll link to the website um in the show notes for sure and i love that ben i love the simplicity of just but word of mouth, that's so nice. <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm very grateful of, of uh, you know, p- people who, um, th- they tell their friends, they have a, they have a good experience that's and right. they, exactly. they want to tell their friends. It's genuine. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, uh, so I'm, I'm very grateful for that. I'm very grateful for that. that that's the only marketing, Fantastic. that's the only marketing strategy Fantastic. that I have. <laughs> so, and then of course, talking to yourself. Which is yes, like you said, a, a podcast appearance. This is a this is a first. So yay! This is a first. I, yeah, I've never talked about this work in public wow, before. Ben. Um, so I'm honored. This is the first time. Oh no! Well, thank you for giving me the opportunity. Um, I, I really, I think part of it, you know, I've been used to with music, having a career in music. It's been a lot of self promotion, and it's just part of it. And I think I get True. burned out from it. So Makes I have a sense. bit of 
not reluctance, but um, I, I like it. I like keeping it. I guess I feel like I, not having to completely expose the work all the time, like I one has to do with, with music. Um, yes. So. Yes. But, and that way the energy can just go where you want it to go and not get siphoned off into all these I, other directions. Yeah, that's a really good way of putting mm-hmm. it. A really good way of putting it. But um, that's why this is this has been this has been fantastic. The, the opportunity to talk with you and, and share the work. Oh, I'm so glad. Well, I've loved it. And I know the listeners are going to love it. And um, yeah, we'll link to all the information that they will need in order to contact you and get in touch. Brilliant. So thank you, Ben. I really thank appreciate you. Thank you, Jordan. Okay. Thanks, thanks for being here. That's a wrap for this episode. If you haven't already, please take a moment now to subscribe, rate, and review us on your podcast app of choice. It really makes a difference and helps other people find the show. Special thanks to my guest, Ben Glover. May an abundance of willing hearts continue to find your services. And may the resulting healing be exponential. We'll see you back here next month with another amazing guest. And in the meantime, we hope you'll join us in the next Saturday Salon, a weekly hour of sacred space to spend on your creative projects, hosted by Jordan via Zoom. Sign up via the events page on our website, psychemagicpodcast.com. If you believe in this work and want to support the continuation of our show, please join us on Patreon. There, we are building a community where you'll find bonus dream work exercises, guided meditations, fun minisodes, and so much more. That's patreon.com backslash psyche magic. All links are included in show notes. We hope you'll also follow along with our shenanigans on Instagram and TikTok at psyche magic podcast. Psyche magic was produced and recorded by me, Jordan Hale. Editing for this episode is by Masuzu Inaga. Our theme music is by Young Summer. Artwork is by Annika Murphy. Special thanks go to Daniel Higby, Grace Fuse, and Michael McMillan. Thank you so much for listening. I'll leave you with a question. If you must sleep through a third of your life, are you willing to sleep through your dreams too? Get your dream journals out, y'all. Until next time. <laughs>